Welcome back to Beyond the Tavern Wall. I'm your host, Brayden Figgins, and I'm joined by the amazing and awesome and spectacular Kendall. Yes. Tell me your favorite video game. We are all nerds here. We all game. What is your favorite video game? That's really hard, actually. And we're talking all time, not just the one you're playing all right time. now. All time Ooh. favorite video game. Then I would say Skyrim. All right, Sam. Okay, so I have two answers. I have a video game that I used to play with my family. I still do occasionally. It's one of the first games I've ever played on PC. Uh, Command and Conquer, specifically the General's uh, Command and Conquer games. Second answer, we've talked about this before, Team Fortress 2. Haley? Well, obviously the answer is Skyrim. But I do have to say, Baldur's Gate is getting up there. Hunter. I would probably have to go with Black Ops 2. Of all, really? That's a solid answer. I freaking, I grew up on Black Ops 2. I've played it so much. And once again, I am Brayden Figgins. And I'm going to have to agree with Kendall, Haley, and Hunter on my, it's, it's a hard pick between, the, between these two. Call of Duty Zombies is... Probably a game I've sunk in a couple thousand hours into overall. Um, not just on Steam, but like through Xbox, through all my the console gaming, all that stuff. But then as well, Skyrim. That's a game that I bought when I wasn't supposed to have M games at my house. I bought it and hid it at my best friend's house and would take my PlayStation 3 over to my best friend's house and we would play Skyrim next to each other. And my parents didn't Did know until I told them. Whoa. I was about to say, do they not know still? <laughs> no, I told them. I told them Good. and they laughed. Oh, yeah. Anyway, in today's episode, we are going to be talking about something that is going to boost my ego up the wazoo or absolutely deflate it down to hell and back. What makes a great dungeon master or DM? Because we are lazy and we like to shorten everything in this world. If you don't know, in Dungeons and Dragons... There are your players, which are the core main characters, your protagonists in the campaign. But then where do they go? Who do they talk to? Who plays them? Who describes where you're going and what your plan is? That is made by the wonderful and needs to be talked about more and appreciated more. Not just because of me, but to every dungeon master out there. Those are your DMs. The ones that not only just during D&D, your D&D sessions or whatever... Throughout the week, think, plan, and Haley can attest to this, and stress. I don't know if you can attest to this. Yeah, yes, 100%. Stress over Dungeons & Dragons on what your party is going to do. And I'm going to be honest with you right now. You can plan all you want. You can be like, oh, they're going to fight this dragon, or maybe they're going to go back and save the princess. And the next thing you know, they're making potato chips. It's a very rough life as a DM. So... We're going to ask the question today, what makes DMs great? So let's ask our first question that we usually ask when we talk about what makes a something good or bad. What makes a bad DM? What is something that a DM has done that has made your experience in Dungeons & Dragons bad? I don't think anything needs to be said. All of our experiences with you are bad. Okay, so say them. Oh, just, just say them then. I'm kidding. Oh I'm kidding. Just, just 
We love you, Brayden. I know you do. Haley might have a little more. She's played, you know, eight, nine years, eight years now. You guys have only played with me. Obviously, there is no bad things. But even if, here's the thing. Even if there is something that I've done that is bad, don't be afraid to share it because that helps me be a better DM for you guys. Share everything. We, let's discuss this. Why? What makes a DM bad? I actually do have something. DMs that tell the story how they want to with, like, no regard or no strong connection to the player characters. So why is that bad to you then? Because I think a good DM is a good storyteller. And storytellers should keep the story close to the player characters. Because if they're not going to, then what's the point of having the player characters in there? They're obviously just there for the DM's needs. Apparently. I think we need to to (laughs) make mistakes. I don't know if we did. These are all opinions. You can play your game however you want. We love everyone. Except Brayden, he's the worst DM. So even with this, though... Take these into account. Like, obviously, DM, D&D is all up to you and your group. But as a DM, take these into account because these are experiences from us as longtime players as well. And from what we've seen online, social media, or anything that's like that, that could potentially help you avoid certain situations that may be rough to deal with with your group. When a DM controls, we're going to jumping back to Haley real fast. When a DM controls the story, it takes away the fun and freedom that D&D is supposed to give to the DM and to the player. Yeah, absolutely. The The DM is their na- the narrator and the storyteller. He is not the main character, though. I should say they are not the main character, though. Sorry. Yeah, rude. I'm right here. If your DM is controlling the ca- the campaign and it is not fun for you, you should talk to your DM. And if your DM does not care, and if it is not fun for you, find a new group. Because D&D is to have fun, to gather with your friends and tell a story. We say this all the time. That's what D&D is for. It's not to be controlled. If you want to tell a story and you want to control it, then just write a book, right? We're not here to be puppets in your story, if that makes sense. Exactly. What's another thing a DM can do that would uh, rub you guys the wrong way? Yell at you. How so? In like angry way. Not like a role play <laughs> manner. Cause I understand that like, yeah, there's going to be some role play moments where voices might be raised. But if like, if you're not doing anything wrong, I should specify that if you're doing something wrong, your DM yells at you, that's probably justified. But like, if you're just, if you're not doing anything wrong and you're just getting yelled at bad, naughty. I feel like that's just general good manners um, as well. If your DM is just being a complete butthole, um, maybe leave because don't take the verbal abuse. (laughs) That's what I was meaning to say. No, that makes sense. I think for me, that that's a big one. What Haley said is just the DM that controls the story, but a DM that doesn't include everyone. A DM that only focuses on a few of the main characters in the sense of like role-playing, not like some stories, the story arcs will be more focused on a character. But if I were to only focus on Kendall and Sam in the Wednesday night group, that means everyone else in the Wednesday night group, why are they there if they're not playing? I actually, I have been at fault for this because sometimes it's a lot more fun for me if I focus on the people who are focusing on the game, not 
on anything else. There's I don't a... think you're all in fault with that one, though, too. Players have to be held accountable, too. Yes. Yeah. Players and DMs have to realize that in order for the game to go smooth and to run in its efficient and effective manner, that's such a business term, efficient and effective. Oh, my goodness. Um, in order for the game to run and be fun, you both need to be willing to pay attention to role play, to do combat and all that stuff. We had a session yesterday as of the day of this recording um, on our Wednesday night group with Kendall and Sam. I think it was our best session we've ever had. It was so good. What are some other things? And we're going to keep going until everyone shares a little bit. I, I don't like it when a DM shoots down your ideas. Uh, so like, let's say you... The opposite happened with me when I first started playing. We had a character that was drunk and uh, a, a fight started to break out and he was like our best fighter. And um, it was like really intense and there was like chaos going everywhere. When it comes to my turn during combat, I turn to Brayden and I say, uh, does lesser restoration work to help somebody get like to help sober somebody up? And he was like, yeah, sure. And then so I slapped that character and cast lesser restoration as I was slapping him. So what, that was fun. What was this? Yeah, this it sounds was at vaguely the familiar. Quarry. Was it when you guys all got into the bar fight? Yeah, the Knight's Quarry. And okay. I slapped Shen. Cool D&D session, bar fight. Yeah, yeah, and I went, snap out of it. I turned on a bad reputation. I played the Shrek album where, you know, when he's in the bar, when he's in the fighting ring, how bad reputation comes yeah. down. I played yeah. that and I made a whole bar fighting playlist. It was so fun. It was a lot of fun. I was I was trying to think of like what was that one? No, yeah, not yeah. shooting a DM that doesn't allow players to. Okay, this might be a little bit of some DMs are much more rules as written uh, or raw in this case than uh, I am. I'm a rule of cool person. If something sounds really cool but technically doesn't isn't in the book, I'm like it's D and D. It's my it's our world. Let's make it fun. Like that's what it should be in the end. It's just like. You don't want to just shoot down everything. You want your players to be able to come up with these cool things and be like, sure, that's, we'll go by rule of cool on that one. It's like an unwritten rule in Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I would not enjoy if those moments where I'm like, hey, that's, that's kind of creative. I wonder if that'll work. I don't, I wouldn't enjoy it if those ideas were shut down. Mm-hmm. If you weren't given that freedom that you are promised in Dungeons and Dragons. Hunter? Hunter? Yes? Is there anything you've noticed in whether it's our campaign or maybe even some of the uh, live Let's Plays you've watched or whatever it may be that, uh, that a DM has done that you're not a particular fan of? It's not really something I've seen. But I feel like we've already kind of talked about it and not letting it. Well, I guess kind of not letting a character flavor something because I don't know. I, I've really gotten into uh, liking like how I describe how something happens, how something my character does. Um, and I, I like I haven't experienced it, but it's something that would really piss me off if I were to be like, hey, I want to do it like this. And they're like, no, it has to be done like this. So like if if uh, guiding bolt looked the same for everybody, is that what you? Yeah. Mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, okay. like. You guys haven't seen it, but Brayden has. Uh, I guess Haley's seen it too, but like up until recently, like uh, 
the way I cast Hunter's Mark, it didn't really have anything really crazy to it, but now I've started flavoring it, and I've got ideas for my other spells as well, and it's something I like doing, but it's something I would hate if it was taken away. Yeah, for sure. Brayden, Brayden makes sure to have us flavor the spells, which is something I like. Uh, yeah, it's good I that you ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was my, I think it's my guiding bolt, but whenever I cast it, it's like a it's like a lioness that, like a fire lioness, basically, that runs towards somebody. Yeah, it's your guiding bolt. But we're not, really guys, cool. you can pump my ego up later. That's not the point oh. of this. You're supposed to drag me down right now. You suck. I hate when the DM tells a story. It's kind of cringe. Yeah, I hate when the DM <laughs> does DM things. Yeah, kind of cringe. Yeah. Why aren't we playing Risk? I'm going to ask this a little bit of wanting to know what I can do better. Is there anything I specifically do that you guys aren't a big fan of? Breathing. In D&D. &D. Oh first off, first off, I has, I have, I has, I have asthma and I take offense to that. Okay. I can't breathe. And, I can't breathe. It's literally against my, my body. All right. Hey, I have asthma too. Yeah. You're not special. <laughs> I thought you'd be on my side. We can't breathe. You told me to tear you down. Oh, exactly. Okay, I'm in D and D. It's not in real life. Tear me like, no, don't. I am in D and D, not in real life. Okay. okay. My in game in game. <laughs> As a dungeon master, uh, is there okay. anything that I do that you guys don't like? I have to think about that. Oh, I think you've done a great job. Hunter, now is our chance to rip into this man. The, the problem, I think the problem we have is that I'm the only DM you've ever had. Yeah. True. So therefore, uh -oh. I'm talking well, to them specifically, okay, Haley? Haley, no, roast okay, me. I'll, I'll see myself out. Haley, yeah, roast leave. me right now in d and I don't want to be mean. Say roast it. Him. Roast him. Say it. Say, Say it. it. Say it. Okay, we're not chanting anymore. And Ruin I feel friendships. <laughs> Haley's like, your story's kind of trash. <laughs> your story isn't consistent. What DM, what DM story is? Not mine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard when I have to just improvise things. It's hard to keep things consistent. Um, I Honestly, it's not anything you like as a dm are doing it's just the level of distractedness our group gets and it's not just <laughs> yeah. you it is all of us it is it's so bad. bad yeah hey. our group has the same problem coming up our next session y'all better focus Monday, up okay y'all better focus up <laughs> everyone has to sit not next to their best friends literally we're all best what? friends it's not gonna work what? okay i know the math ain't mathin all you have to do, okay, is just focus. And focus, that's focus. really hard. That's actually, no, that's a big, big thing for me as a DM. Like, I should be able to corral the, the jokes and all that stuff. It's just really difficult when someone makes a joke and I'm just, my dirty mind goes, hee hee, hoo hoo, ha ha, pee pee, poo poo. <laughs> Funny moment. Rachel's pretty good at reining us in, though. Yeah, Rachel's really good at reining us in. Like, I've almost, <laughs> I'll be honest, it's kind of like, Rachel, it's fine if we're doing that. It's funny. 
but no, it's it's probably good for us. <laughs> it's needed, yeah. We need a babysitter. Yep. So no, I want to make pee pee joke. <laughs> oh my gosh. But yes, that is something I definitely struggle with is keeping the distractions um to a minimum. Uh and it's something where it, it's difficult because we only hang out during D D most of the time. Yeah. Unless we play games together, but like we haven't been able to play games together recently, so we haven't been able to like talk or be together outside of D D. So therefore that goofiness that wanting to talk comes into that D D session, which makes it distracted from the reason we get together every other Monday, which is for D D. Yeah. So that's why I am now announcing the Figgy Entertainment Beyond the Tavern Wall exclusive hangout nights. Yay! Just kidding. Everyone's invited. Especially your mom, Kendall. It's a tax write-off. And we could talk about mechanics with mom. Yeah. Um, has everyone said what they wanted to do about DMs being bad or the bad things they do? Yeah, they suck. Yeah, I think I'm good. So what yeah. would, what could we sum it up as is that what do DMs do? Like if we were to sum it all up in a whole, what would it be? Be flexible for your players. Not letting your players play. Taking control might be an even mm -hmm. more simplified one. DMs that take control and don't give freedom. Don't be a bottom. What? Oh my gosh. Do you want to define that for the podcast? No. No. We're moving on. <laughs> I don't think I will. So, what is a good DM then? Like, what do they do specifically that makes them... What does Matt Mercer and Brennan Lee Mulligan do that makes them the top DM... Like, the stellar DMs? Budget. You're right. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, that's a big, a big part of it. That's I, the only part. No. Give us that money. I'm kidding. No, 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 no. I would say budget has nothing to do with it. Like, yes, they have the cool terrain and all that stuff. They have the cool production quality, but... The production quality didn't make the story. The production quality didn't make their campaign. It was them themselves that made the campaign. Exactly. Go ahead, sir. Uh, oh, you're good. You're good. Uh, I love a lot of the NPCs that they make. I haven't had a lot of. I haven't really watched any Dimension Twenty yet. I want to. Hopefully, when I finish up Campaign Two of uh, Critical Role, but I, I've loved a lot of the NPCs that Matt Mercer has created, and he plays them well. He does. The ability to hold an accent is absolutely critical for a DM. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm terrible at it. Okay. Hey. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not making fun of myself. Literally, I'm so bad at it. I'm over here like, <laughs> oh, this is what Everin sounds like. And then he's like, oh, I might. How's it going? And it's like, he's actually supposed to be like this posh British per, like British. accent. And he's over here just like, get it on the bobby, eh? And it's just like, uh, that's not Some him. Somehow everyone in our group turns Scottish every single time without fail. Yep. <laughs> Same with ours. It's because, <laughs> so the reason everyone becomes Scottish, well, well wait, why did I say it like this? Scottish? Wait. The reason they become Scottish yeah. On this episode of Beyond the Tavern Wall, we cancel Brayden. <laughs> <laughs> our, 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 uh, Mel Gibson chat gets leaked. Oh no. Uh, oh no. <laughs> But the reason every character goes Scottish 
is because I wanted to create a, a satyr bard and I wanted to perfect, I wanted the accent to be Scottish. So I was working and working and working on a Scottish accent. And I can do it great when I'm in my car or when I'm talking to Rachel. Come down to uh, D&D time and it's over here like, you got it all right, don't you know? It's, just, it's terrible. Would you like a taste of me magic mushrooms? <laughs> I have performance anxiety, okay? Okay, it happens to the it best happens. of us, my friend. Okay, so NPCs. The ability to create interesting and engaging NPCs creates a is something that a great DM does. Why does it... Why... We're going to pass it over to Kendall. Kendall not Candle. Kendall. Candle. Candle. Kendall. Stop. That's what kids would call me. Stop it. Kendall, why is it that when a DM has created engaging and interesting NBCs, why does it make them a good DM or a great DM? Because it makes the world more immersive, right? Uh, it makes it more personal because you get to interact with this NPC. Um and you get to make a connection with them and it kind of grounds you into the world, right? It gives you a link into the world, somebody you care about uh, that isn't a player, right? And it also fleshes out the world because it's another person that has lived their own life inside the world of D&D. What, what else makes a DM good? Knowing their world. And then also planting seeds, I would say. What um, do you mean by that? Make so, for example, our, our session we had yesterday as of this recording, I had no idea that Everin had this demonic medallion in his bag. Uh, infernal. Infernal, Ooh. sorry. Infernal medallion in his bag. And he's been with us for, what, like 30 sessions? Oh, way more than that at this point, like probably. 50 sessions? I don't know, probably 30. He's been with you guys in-game in two months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I had and no idea. And he's your idea. boyfriend. Yeah, no idea. So that was interesting. Uh, that's a problem we have to solve now. But yeah, uh, but we found out, honestly, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, it's a joke, it's a joke, it's a joke. Everyone's just trying to figure out what's going on with his family, okay? Hey, hey, is joke. But then we found out that he has had it uh, the entire time. So he's been carrying this around with us for years. Well, he's been carrying it with him for years, but it's been with him the entire time he's been with us. And that was some pretty good planning. Yeah, planning. Did you improv it? No, I planned it. I've been working oh, yeah. on a Everin's backstory um, oh, nice, for nice, quite nice. a while now. Him and Pike. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, that was cool. So it kind it's of... Just... Go ahead, sorry. Sorry, it's just a DM that shows you that there is stuff happening in the world that we don't know about that are... Like, the world exists outside of us. I think mm. that's so important. Because you play... I, we mentioned Skyrim as one of our favorite games. I love Skyrim, but my one, if I have a critique around it, is that the world's not really organic. Like, they will wait. You know how many times I have 
not completed the main quest and the world has not ended? Probably around 50, if not more, because I don't do the main quest right away. But if you yeah. guys were just to go do side quests in this world, the main quest is o over. You guys are screwed. Like the world is ending. And a DM that is able to master the organics, the um, organic story of the world and keep that going and keep that pressure on of the main, main story or the main quest currently is so fun to, to watch because then it's like, no, your actions do have consequences For whether sure. you are yeah. there or not. And it kind of reminds me, so um, in the Dungeon Master's Guide, which is the book specifically made for anyone who wants to be a Dungeon Master uh, by Wizards of the Coast, the creators of Dungeons & Dragons, uh, the three things a Dungeon Master is the master of, uh, is the master of worlds, the master of adventures, and the master of rules. And when you brought up how they are the master of when they are the creator of the world and when it's the, the world is alive outside of the players, it reminded me of just how important it is for a DM to understand their world from the inside and out. Mm -hmm. Sam, what do you this, think? Oh, Kendall, go ahead. Sorry, this is making it sound like it's impossible to be a DM. It's not. You've got this. Take baby steps. I guess, yeah, that's a good point. I, I've been DMing for four years. Haley's DMed. What? Eight years? Have you basically DM'd since you started playing Haley? No, I didn't start DMing until probably like three years ago. Haley's been DMing for three years. Like, it takes a lot of time to become the master of it. But as long as you are trying and you're having fun, eventually your skills as a DM, as a master of improv, as a master storyteller, will grow and grow. I'm actually... We, me and Haley got invited by, we're, we're both DMing at Phoenix, right? And one of the, the guy who is over the D&D floor invited both of us to be their premier D, premium D, DMs. Uh, the people who run it run a charity. And if you donate to the charity, you get put into a premium DM game, a Dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons game. And we were asked to Jeez, be some no of those. To brag. <laughs> Let me, I'm, I'm telling you a, a quick story real fast, okay? <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. The, the reason it like, so he asked me and Haley to be premium DMs and I immediately texted Haley. I'm just like, bro, he just asked me, what do I do? I'm terrified because I don't look at myself and I'm like, oh, I could do that. I don't think, I don't think of myself as this, oh, you're paying money to come sit at my table. You're donating money, not paying. You're donating money to come sit at my table and play a premium D&D game at a comic con convention well comic convention deal fan x and it's really scary because i mean i like i said i've been doing it for three years Haley said she was nervous too she's been doing it for three years playing for eight like you probably will I never feel, go ahead Haley. i was just gonna say i feel like i'm being punked yeah. because i just don't feel like i'm at the level that i should be at exactly like a good dm understands that there's always something to improve on and be better at. Like, for example, they said, I need to work on being better at being, not being distracted. Yeah. So therefore I'm going to work on that. Hunter, what were you saying? I would also argue that a DM also needs to be willing to try new things and just jump in. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to learn from, well, I feel like I kind of know how to DM. I just need to start doing it and learn as I go. 
but like they got to be willing to embrace that uncertainty and just go for it i i just i just i don't think i'll ever be like really prepared just i gotta do it at some point you will never be prepared for every session i remember my very first campaign i did i would sit down and plan out every single session and first off none of that stuff ever happened only or you only got through like 10% 10% of what you planned compared to where we are now, where I probably should sit down and plan out a little more and write down more. But I have given, I've, my thing I wanted to do with this campaign for both of you guys was just to give you guys hooks and quest and then build the story up from there. That's what I was trying to do. And I feel like it's gone way better than the other one, the other style I did. Um, and it's just taking those, those leaps and trying something and then. If it doesn't work, well, you scrap it and try something different. And you just do that over and over again. And then eventually you'll learn and you'll pick up how you like to DM. Because you don't have to be like like me, like Haley, or like Matt Mercer, or Brennan Lee Mulligan. Like, they don't expect you to be exactly like them. What D&D needs is you. They need your originality. They need your storytelling. That's what they need for this thing to grow. If everyone was like Matt Mercer and Brennan Lee Mulligan or me and Haley, like it's not, I mean, I, I should kind of, it's kind of funny that I'm putting our names next to them. This feels weird at this point. Um, Broken his ego real quick. We are, we are professional DMS now, Haley. I hope you know, because we have a D and D podcast. Oh no. Think of that. Too much pressure. (laughs) And you guys are professional players. Um, but if everyone was the exact same, D&D would not have, would not have lasted as long as it, as it has. The mm-hmm. ability that every person has to create their own unique world and have their own unique style is what make, makes D, D&D so universal and as, has as much longevity as it has. Mm-hmm. And also, I am just remembering like a YouTube video I saw like years ago that it was titled The Matt Mercer Effect. And I was watching it and they were saying that a lot of people started playing D&D because of Critical Role. And then they got upset with themselves for not being um, a DM just like Matt Mercer. Like they weren't his style or they weren't as descriptive and it didn't live up to what they wanted. And so they quit right Mm -hmm. but you have to remember matt mercer has been doing this for a very long time very long time so he was not probably wasn't very good when he started it's just you are seeing the product of years and years and years what else makes a good dm i think a nice simple answer which is also my answer for what makes a bad one is just flexibility Mm -hmm. the more willing your dm is to cater the experience to the players we've already said this the more fun it can be for everyone involved Mm -hmm. Uh, really getting into the role play too just Mm. it's encouraging when the dm decides to play like a really crazy npc and they get really into it it just it just makes me happy because in a sense the dm is like i don't know i feel like it's kind of happened with both our groups like I've been put as the the head of the group. And if I, as the head of the group, am not into it, 
the group is not going to be into it. Like it's a basic precept, not pre concept of leadership. If you aren't into it, you're the people who are you who you work with aren't going to be uh, into it either. I think just going back to what I said earlier, just being a good storyteller and incorporating your player characters into your storyline. How how would a DM go about doing that? I think the best way of doing it is getting backstories from your characters and giving each character kind of like their own arc that they can go through to like reach their final goal. Almost like a like a Skyrim side quest where it's not the main goal of your campaign, but it is a goal worth going into. Another thing a good DM note has is a general, a basic understanding of the rules, but is also willing to break off from the rules for the need, needs of the group. Like knowing how to do combat, knowing how to run it efficiently, knowing how to role play, knowing about the rules and all that stuff, like your general rules and maybe some of the deeper ones as well, but also understanding like, hey, this is, this is for fun. This is a game. Let's tell a story. We can have them do some crazy things that technically wouldn't work in the rules, but what they want to do, it's what the characters want to do, and that's what's important. Uh, go back to the story we told in our D&D experiences one with the, the thief, the traveler, and the angel where technically they were resting. They were doing a long rest, so they shouldn't have done anything crazy like that, but they did. So in order to be, in order to make it like in D&D &D rules, they should have not had a long rest. They should have had to w sleep another eight hours and that's how they get the wrong long rest. But I had taken it just like, no, this is like a really cool moment. They don't have to sleep another eight hours. Like, because the moment was cool and fun, that's what was more important than, oh, according, according to the Dungeon Master Guide, you have to do this instead. Like, it's not, it's not fun for players if a, if a DM is a stick in the mud. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's not fun for most. I could, I'll say that one. If you're, if you're a stick in the mud and don't allow your players, kind of going with what, Sam said the flexibility um it's not exciting yeah I, I definitely agree with that any last comments before we wrap up the the episode we're about 50 minutes in I feel like I contributed as much in this episode as I did to my average high school project <laughs> so Sam what is something else hey I didn't say that was a bad thing Sam what is something else I'll level you up. Ooh. Oh. I really enjoy when our, our DM Braden experiments with new mechanics and stuff he hasn't done prior. For example, a very risky thing that Braden did for us was he gave us an experience with an item known as the Deck of Many Things. That is a very risky that. item to use in campaigns from what I've, hear, what I've heard and what I've seen online. It's a game-breaking item. It is a very much game-breaking item. It, it, we could have lost characters right then and there, and it would have been our choice to, to make it happen in the end. And I love that Brayden took that risk because it gave us a, 
a sense of intensity and adventure, even if it was just for like 10 minutes of our session. Yep. I also didn't say so, when I'd give you the level up. So thank you. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so in the end, a good DM is one that knows their group. Basically, they know their group, they know their world, or their, their source that they're using their world in, use, uh, using for the backdrop of their campaign. And they're able to include everyone. Mm-hmm. Is a big, big thing. If you are going to learn to DM, honestly, it's one of the most rewarding things you can do in D&D, in my opinion. One, I love creating a world. It, 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 makes, it throws me back to my childhood. N- the name of one of my kingdoms, I guess this wasn't my child, this was high school, but the name of the kingdom of Sanvor in my world is a- I actually had a kingdom written on my, my phone with a bunch of notes with the same name. So I was able to like adapt that world that I had made in high school into what I am now. And it's kind of been fun to like just kind of have that connection back to to, you know, my younger days, you know, seven years ago, back when I was in high school, so long ago. But it's, it's such a rewarding and fun thing to do is to create a world and then also get to experience that world with your players. And I, it's so, so I'm, I'm beating a dead horse. I said so fun so many times now, but it is so fun and such a awesome thing to see when your players and you get to go on this journey that you have created and have fun in the process of doing it. In the end, don't be a a-hole DM. Work with your characters, play with your characters, have fun. That's the main goal. That's how you be a good DM. That's how you avoid being a bad DM. Obviously, like was said at the top of the episode, you do you. You make D&D. You yourself are the catalyst for making this game go on for as long as it can. Because without you, D&D would be boring for you and us because we like you. You guys are great. So we'll wrap up the episode here. Thank you guys so much for coming out to the podcast. We really, really appreciate all the support and everything that's been given. It's, it's been awesome. And we cannot thank you guys enough for the fun we have had and the support we have been given for this um if you enjoyed the episodes make sure to rate it a five star on spotify and participate in the polls and the questions that come out in the end because those are always fun and we love to hear you guys's feedback when it comes to it if you have any suggestions for episodes or questions about the episode or anything comments you can reach out to us on beyond the tavern at beyond the tavern wall at gmail.com and make sure to give us a follow on our socials beyond the tavern wall we're currently on instagram and tiktok and as always the best way to get the podcast out is by word of mouth you going and telling your friends and families about the podcast whether they like DD or not helps this podcast grow so that we can reach more people and help people enjoy the game of dungeons and dragons which we have come to love and hopefully you have come to understand more and grow to and if you started playing because of this growing to love yourself so we're going to throw it to Haley, who are they sharing the podcast with this week? They are going to share the podcast with anyone wearing 
blue jeans. You've heard it here, folks. If you are wearing, well, if you're wearing blue jeans, you better be listening to the podcast. But if you see anyone wearing blue jeans, make sure to share the podcast with them. Thank you guys so much. We appreciate you a ton. Everyone, say your final goodbyes. Bye, Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.